Hello, live from a Portland hotel room on a on a pretty sunny day, I've got to say. The, the myths you have heard about the Northwest are only partially true. Uh, it was raining earlier, even though it's sunny, so, you know, that's why I say only partially. This is Jurassic Pod. That's the name of the podcast. I'm Eric Curring. Joining me, as always... Is my dear friend and Raptors observer Holly McKenzie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I wish that it was sunny in Toronto. It is very dreary and dark, and it feels late. And I do not like the, um, you know, early darkness. But I love Portland, and and I love weather when it's like sunny and raining at the same time, and it just feels like. This is crazy. What's going on? Yeah, Portland's great. Yeah, so here, here's what I say about Portland every time I've been here, which I'm not sure if it's two times or three times. I feel like you've um, definitely been there more than twice, but anyway. Uh, anywho, um, it is so nice to see cities that don't look exactly the same as mm-hmm. other cities. And a lot of NBA, not NBA, like North American cities, like kind of look the same. You have your you know, downtown and Mm -hmm. there's just Mm -hmm. buildings and and sometimes it's on a body of water and sometimes it's not. And then you have your suburbs and there's a certain homogeny to it. Just the, um, the number of bridges in Portland, Mm -hmm. the, the trees that are forever in the background, the, you know, Mount hood, if you can get a look at that. Uh, It's really it's really a distinct city. Like the only other city, and I don't think you've been here uh, with the bridges that it reminds me of uh, in in North America, at least, is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's another city with like sixteen or seventeen bridges that you can see from certain vantage points. I have not um, been to Pittsburgh. You it's were a correct. very underrated city, um, I would say. Uh, and also, I, I don't know if this is still true. It has the most bars per capita in the United mm. States. Uh, Interesting. So, That's not really the poll for me. That like no, I know be for a lot of people, but uh, I have not been to Pittsburgh. Completely open to going to Pittsburgh if yeah, there's a, if there's a reason. But uh, love Portland. Love um, you know when you're coming in and there's the bridges, as you said. Uh, love when you get to see the sunset over those bridges. Amazing. Oh, yeah. And there's so much greenery. It just makes you feel alive like actually like it's crazy to me it always makes me feel like how am i in the city when there's this much nature and beauty around me really love it also love the walkability is that a word walkability yeah sure i love the walkability of that city it just it just feels like it's made for people who want to walk i love it yeah i haven't got to do that as much um, so far as I would like. I- I'm hoping we're recording on Tuesday. I'm hoping Wednesday before I fly out to Salt Lake, I'll get a few hours in the morning and early afternoon to do that. Um, and it-, it looks like the weather should cooperate. So fingers crossed. Uh, but I must go on to Salt Lake because that's where the Raptors are going next. And and they need has- to get on track. They need They need a win and they need a good game and they need... They yeah. need some good things. It was a it was a bad week. Uh, <laughs> they lost in Boston. They won in unlikely fashion on a back to back in Philadelphia. Even you know Joe Embiid, of course, was not playing. But if you're gonna 
guess which one of those two the Raptors would win, <laughs> uh, save for the whole tortured history with Boston. I, I would have guessed Boston, but no, they won Philly. Uh, they gave that one right back two days later in, in what was probably their worst performance mm-hmm. of the year, mm-hmm. uh, considering the opponent uh, given up 127 points to the god-awful offensively. Uh, <laughs> they they have a lot of nice pieces. They play hard. They are just a bad offensive team. That's mm-hmm. the reality. Detroit Pistons, uh, Dwayne Casey gets another one over <laughs> Nick Nurse and his old team. And then to start this trip, the Raptors play a very good first quarter and give it all away after that and get blitzed to start the fourth quarter and can't quite recover as they lose by five in Portland. I think the biggest, we can get into those games individually as we see fit, but I think the biggest thing to take away uh, from not only these past four games, but I I just finished writing these last six games when they're one in five, uh, having lost five of six, they have the worst defense in the league. Uh, which is not something I expected to say about the Raptors over any (laughs) six-game stretch this year. Neither. What have have you seen on that end of the floor, Holly? Because it's getting to the point where, given the competition, uh, you know, Portland's a very explosive team, obviously, but overall, it's pretty concerning. Yeah, uh, the thing about the defense is like you, like sort of like you mentioned, it's not dependent at all upon the opponent. Like it's not that it's just they're facing good offenses or superstar players. I mean, yes, Damian's great. CJ McCollum had an amazing game last night, but just overall, it feels like within the same game, there's multiple games. Like you mentioned, the really strong first quarter in um, Portland on Monday. They came out great. They looked amazing. Uh, as the game went on, you know, it was a back and forth game. They tied it up after three. And then the fourth <laughs> was just a nightmare uh, for Raptors fans, a total nightmare. But like from a distance, that looks like there were three games within one. And if you look at those other losses this past week, it just feels like they have stretches where they look so good on both ends of the floor, but especially defensively and then in the same game for no reason it just stops and it's such a weird thing because coming into the season I was pretty confident that this team will be super active really good defensively super athletic really long all of those things I thought you're not going to get an easy win against the Raptors like they're going to compete every night and watching them I don't know if I don't know if I would say they're not trying or competing but it just feels impossible that this team that puts together these stretches where they look so good on both ends of the floor then just like it disappears and i don't know if it's effort yeah um so we will get into that and and just to clarify how much of this (sighs) these struggles have been on the defense i believe the raptors are like seventh in offensive rating over these last six games so it you know it's the Raptors offense, so it doesn't always look that pretty, but it's been, you know, at, but at times it has. And regardless, it's been basically working beyond mm-hmm. reasonable <laughs> expectations. Uh, so this is all on the defense. And there are takes. And <laughs> I, when we say takes, I, I usually mean it sarcastically, and, and I don't this time. But I think something that's been consistent throughout last season and this season when talking about defense, uh, 
is the way that the Raptors are playing defense. They There is a lot of trapping mm-hmm. ball handlers. There is, you know, uber aggression going for steals. And by nature, that is a high risk, high reward style. And I would suggest that if you're going to play, and what what made me think of this is A, I just finished writing about it. But <laughs> B, uh, you say that, You don't know if it's a question of effort. I don't think it's a question of effort. I do wonder if it's a question of fatigue. Well, that's when I say, sorry, (laughs) when I say that, go on. (laughs) When I say, I don't know if it's a question of effort. That is what I mean. I don't think it's that guys are not trying, you know, it's just shocking the drop off from quarter to quarter or even within the quarter, but continue fatigue. Definitely. Yeah. And it's not like the Raptors schedule has been particularly busy lately, but this is a team that is relying on its starters. I'm confident in saying like no other team Mm -hmm. in the league Uh, without counting Siakam, the Raptors, other four starters are rank First, second, twelfth, and twenty-sixth in minutes per game. Uh, that would be Van Vliet, Ananobi, Barnes, and Trent, respectively. Uh, in Portland, they all played between thirty-nine minutes and twenty seconds and forty minutes and forty-four seconds. Now, I gotta say, like, a the bench came, or there was a bench-heavy unit to start the fourth quarter, and they got blitzed on an 8-0 run. So you understand why Nick Nurse wanted to get the starters back in. Uh, when he did get the starters back in, the Raptors turned a 13-point deficit into a four-point deficit, mm-hmm. and then Portland bumped it up to 11, and they got it to within one. So it's not like he was wrong to do that in a very micro that game analysis. The Raptors could have won that game. And I don't think you can say that Nurse, from a one-game perspective, was wrong to rely that heavily Mm -hmm. on his starters. But my question uh, is, can this type of defense (laughs) excel when players are being stretched so thin because it demands so, so much. Yeah, I think the obvious answer is no. Um, And another, this sort of leads into the next thing I kind of wanted to touch on, which is great news. Pascal's back. He looks really good. He's had some strong games. I mean, I still had some timing issues, especially defensively, I think, just to like Mm -hmm. get some more games and conditioning under, under himself. But when are we going to get to see the full Raptors roster healthy together for a long time? I have been waiting for Utah. I have been told that we were going to have Utah returning to action. I think it's been two weeks now. This mysterious calf strain. It's not, it's not actually mysterious. I'm just, I just miss him. I, I, really... I was, I was on the calf strain being a more serious injury <laughs> than thought right away. Uh, I think I've talked about this already, so I don't need to talk it anymore, but about it anymore. But I just want to take my wins where I can get them. Jurassic the calf inj- Pod the, the, conspiracy the, episode. The calf injury is not to be trifled with, is all I'm saying. I yeah, for once you're being more more paranoid than I am. That's shocking. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, like I hope I hope it is just a calf injury, and I hope he's back soon. But I definitely think that having 
him back will help. Like, you know, he's another super smart player. He showed a lot at the end of last year prior to getting injured. Um, I think they really like him. And I think that nurse has shown that he trusts him. Uh, and I want to see him. I want to see him with this group. I think he'll definitely help adding another piece to the rotation and to the bench to help some of those minutes out. But yeah, it just feels like we haven't really had a good stretch where everyone has been available. And Chris, we got, um, Pascal back, but then Kem was out for a few games with swelling in his knee. Those did not go so well. Uh, He's important. (laughs) You really see that. I mean, I think we both thought that, but you really see it when he isn't playing. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, after his uh, incredible game against the Sixers, where he had 32-6-7 and and the biggest shot of the night and the biggest celebration of the night, the, the most 50, expensive. The $15,000 shot or celebration, <laughs> celebration depending on how you want to view night, it. Which I think he would say is absolutely worth it. Um, I love the NBA. <laughs> I love that, that that can be worth it. Um, but he missed the next game. Uh, and I think it's kind of every Raptors reporter had to say, this isn't a joke. I'm not kidding. Yeah. He has a groin injury. <laughs> he has a after, groin injury. After doing the Sam Cassell. Uh, yeah large cojones dance yeah so that happened and i mean we already obviously knew this but this team without fred van vliet i don't want to watch that team <laughs> like hopefully yeah, we don't um, have to again <laughs> I, but, I mean, but especially we, for that reason like we got to watch the minutes <laughs> you know? yeah we can quibble with who's the best player on this team uh i think fred van vliet is pretty clearly the most mm-hmm. important player on this team (laughs) and part of that is lack of adequate replacement and part of that is he's might be the best player on the team (laughs) and he also (laughs) has that thing too like you saw it obviously they didn't win against the blazers but you saw him in the fourth hit that huge three and come to the bench and fire them up and then do it again a bit later he definitely you can tell that he played with and learned the nba from kyle lowry (laughs) they definitely have that same chip and That's really important. Uh, So a few notes on what you said there. First of all, uh, we are told, (laughs) and this could change, that Utah will speak in Utah, which has led to a lot of unfortunate sentences uh, on this road trip uh, because of the uh, pronunciation of his name and that place. Uh, A lot of unintended puns or... On, I, they're not even puns, but, you know, just unfortunate uh, word usage. Uh, but we're hopeful that he will speak on Thursday. That does not mean he will play on Thursday, but it certainly would indicate that maybe he is ramping up toward that. Okay, um, I didn't know that. That's very exciting. Well, you, that's you because... Are- yeah, and breaking news that breaking might not news. happen. Uh, Utah is pl- scheduled to speak on Thursday. Listen, I've been clinging we, to the Utah news, so this is very exciting yeah, for me. Wi- Don't take point, this away from me. At which point we might or might not know more about when he will play. I, I mean, I think we'll probably know more. The question is how much more and what will that news be? So... So there's one thing. I think the bigger thing than that, though, and I agree, I think he is an incredibly important player for the depth. Uh, 
because of how he plays and just because, you know, I think we can be reasonably sure that Nick Nurse trusts him Mm -hmm. to play within this scheme. And that's obviously what's missing when you play your starters 40 minutes a (laughs) night is like a level of trust in the other guys. Um, And that brings me to my second note, which is waiting for like a full roster to come together is sort of I know, a I know. Thing. Like I the know. League, the, <laughs> but I, I'm not addressing you so much as, as like, kind of myself, maybe the Raptors a bit and Nurse, but also just people who follow this stuff and say, well, when we get X back and this guy back, this is all going to make sense. Because the season is so long. And, mm-hmm. and do you remember that t- uh, the 2013-14 year, I'm going off way on a tangent, but like we love start- tangents. Uh, the starters missed something like twelve or thirteen combined games, mm-hmm. and, and that was like a huge part of their success. Was yep. like their best players were just healthy, um, and like obviously the Raptors basically blew past that with Siakam missing the first ten games of the year or, or nine or whatever it was. Um, but health matters a lot. But over eighty-two games. If you are relying on a full, <laughs> fully healthy rotation, it's just it, it's a easy it's way. It's fool's to find, gold. Yeah, yeah. Is that a right? To, is that the correct? Uh, I, I would say it's a fool's errand to a rely. Fool's errand, on, yes. To rely yes. on it, and I didn't want to use that phrase. I was thinking about it, but I was worried that you would take it as me calling you a fool, <laughs> which you no. know, I, I, implicitly, I would have been, but it would not have been meant as such i've been Um, called worse i'll take that (laughs) uh which is all to say i think that nick nurse has to start leaning on some guys to just play a nightly Mm. role which he said to me today let's see if i can find the quote quickly um he, he he was talking about uh you know, how the bench has been good some nights, not good some nights. They've gotten Chris Boucher and Delano Benton in there and they've changed some games. But at the end, he just said, again, to answer your question, I need to get them in there early and mm-hmm. keep and keep mm-hmm. playing them. Uh, so he knows it. Um, and, you know, the, the hope is that you get the more rope you give them, the more mm-hmm. production mm-hmm. they give you. But it, it's a bit of a chicken and egg thing, uh, you know, <laughs> easy for us to say, but... If, you know, Svi, Malachi Flynn, and uh, and Ken Birch are in there at the start of the fourth quarter and they get run off the floor, uh, it's easy for us to say, well, just keep rolling with them on any given night. No, I didn't. I did. Last night, I was very yeah, much. Yeah, and as, <laughs> as was I. But this is, <laughs> yes, like, I know. this is why I empathize. Like, even though I think Nick Nurse does need to rely on more guys and... You know, I would, if we're going to the specifics, I would pick one of Malachi or Goran Dragic and roll with him. Goran I mean, had a really good uh, performance yeah, in the yeah. in the game that for, Fred was out. For so, sure. Yeah. I would sort of like, in the absence of the players currently, um, I'm talking about Boucher and Achua, I would pick one of, you know, Champagne, Champagne or Isaac Bonga, who's with mm-hmm. 905, and roll with them. And mm-hmm. just like... Last night, the seventh, eighth, and ninth rotation spots contributed about 19 minutes of the 240 overall minutes. Yeah. And that's just, and again, 
extreme, extreme example, but it's an extreme example of something that's kind of been happening for a while now. It's funny too, because even hearing you say that, it's like another reminder that like, yeah, it's easy to, you know, pinpoint what you would change if you were the coach. But hey, being an NBA coach is actually a difficult job because imagine if uh, Nick hadn't made changes last night. The same people that are saying, oh, you got to roll with them a little bit longer. If it was like a 20 point loss, it, uh, you know, they would have been yeah. saying different things. <laughs> they would have wanted sure. exactly what had happened last night. Yeah, it's like, why did you roll with that line? Yeah. And we've heard that so many times. So, you know, it's. It's a, like I said, it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. Uh, and I think we can have our own opinions and have our own beliefs while still basically understanding yeah, where this sure. is coming from uh, with how he is allocating the minutes. Uh, other notes in Portland, and again, this might actually relate to the fatigue conversation that is going to dominate this podcast, apparently. Um, OG Ananobi was great in the first half yeah. and then pretty quiet in the second half, which is not the first time this year mm-hmm. he's done that. Uh, so I don't know what that, again, he's second in the league in minutes per game. Uh, probably first in total minutes, given that Van Vliet has missed a game and he hasn't. Um, but man, was he on one at the beginning, but starting with a uh, Dirk one-legged thing <laughs> over Norm Powell. Yeah, he was he was crazy. I was watching it happen and being excited after every made shot, but then like they had like the graphic along the bottom of the screen, like saying how many points he had, and it was like I don't even remember. It was like twenty or twenty-two, and I was like, what? How? Even though I then went back through my head and through my mind and was like, yeah, you definitely watched all of those, reacted to all of those, were excited about all of those makes. But I still couldn't believe that like that, that he that that was his his performance in the first half. He was great. Yeah. In addition to the minutes leading the leading the team and almost the league in minutes, uh, this is a totally different role for OG in terms of the level of production that is being expected from him and just the load that he's carrying offensively and defensively. So it's not shocking that he's getting fatigued and tired more often and quicker than you may have expected or hoped. Yeah. Last I checked, he was the slight leader in usage on this team ahead of Mm -hmm. Van Vliet. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all pretty close between him and Fred and, and Pascal probably, although the samples obviously still building there. I think the like the one offensive thing we can say is that Pascal's return has certainly chipped away at Scotty Barnes' mm-hmm. offensive usage, which isn't to say his production necessarily, although I, I think he's had a few rocky games now and and especially in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. last night, he'll have I mean those were some uh Capital L, capital M, learning mistakes. Um, they were lessons. Lessons. As uh, Ty Lue said. Win- yeah. With Ty Lue, right? Wins and lessons. Wins and lessons, yes. yeah. I, there think, were, I think it was Ty Lue. Yeah. There were some rookie lessons happening last night. I wouldn't say rookie mistakes. I would say rookie lessons. Yeah, uh, but the ahead, interesting sorry. thing about, about Scotty, I mean, I know we've talked about this already, but I just have to say it again because I think about it weekly and if not every other game um, watching him even when he is not 
uh, having a huge role offensively or taking a lot of shots or, you know, it seems like he's, especially with Pascal coming back, it seems like his opportunities are, you know, changing and lessening in a way. Um, even when he's not having a good game offensively, you look down and at the start of the fourth quarter, he's got nearly 20 points. Like that is a sign of a player that is really, is going to be really good. Like if you don't have a great game and you end up with, 20 and freaking 10 like okay yeah I th- our, our friend alex wong i think tweeted it last night that's like scotty barnes really went out there had like a blah game did 40 minutes of cardio and got 20 and 10 um which, he does though like this keeps happening um again it's a player who knows how to fit in and impact a game in multiple mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. uh you know, the defensive versatility is great right up until you consider the type of defense they're playing. <laughs> because, you know, I, I have a lot, as, as I wrote, uh, replied yesterday to, I think, Sean Heiken, uh Great. He started the game guarding Yusuf Nurkic and ended it guarding, you know, McCollum mm-hmm. and, and Lillard. But, you know, the Raptors are playing terrible defense. So, like, I, I think you could find similarly terrible results from a bunch <laughs> of other players. And, of course, I'm being facetious a, a bit. Like, the ability to hang at all is impressive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, versatility is not in and of itself uh an accomplishment. Uh, it is only a means. A it is something means. to marvel at. I'll say it it's is, a it's marvel. Something, yeah, it's something to appreciate, and it's a possible means to success. But when you're just using it and, and still failing, uh, I, I know this sounds bleak. And they were lessons. They were lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric. Get okay. on. Yeah, we're, we're very <laughs> get on, on board. Bra- we're very on brand right now with you, with you trying to keep it positive and, and saying they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of mistakes. Scotty Barnes, terrible. I need to ask you about the CJ McCollum block in the fourth quarter, seeing that live. That felt like an out-of-body experience. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, that that's like, of all the starters playing, mm-hmm. like, the, like CJ McCollum blocking... Scotty Barnes mm-hmm, shot mm-hmm. like like maybe behind Fred blocking Yusuf Nurkic <laughs> uh like a real block not an NBA stats block but like a like, I somehow feel uh, like it's more it would be more it was more shocking I would believe that Fred yeah. would do that well, it was more than here's this. the here's the thing about that block it was so emphatic and mm-hmm. impressive like like it mm-hmm. wasn't just like he he kind of got there on the way up like, like it seemed like it was really at the the peak uh, of <laughs> yeah. Scotty Barnes jump uh it, I was on the other or, or I guess it was we're sort of mid-court there but it, it it was pretty far away from me and it still it looked very emphatic the crowd uh, must have like gone insane yeah great That's crowd awesome. there I, I've mentioned that before yeah uh, Blazers one of, definitely one of my top arena experiences in the league for for fans thinking about going to certain NBA cities in the, in the future when we can travel more easily. Uh, I, Portland would be high on my list. Yeah, it's great. I've, I have watched a game there as a fan and I have enjoyed it immensely. And yeah, love Portland. This is a very pro Portland podcast today yeah. and as it well, should be. I have yeah. to say, I'm really shocked that of my notes that I sent you, you didn't mention my, my take on the Boston loss. 
Yeah, well, I just it just feels which was so long I, I'm mentioning now, that just because it yeah, is. Let's talk about straight, it. Straight. I don't want to talk about it. I just wanted to say the loss was straight up annoying. Um, and I need to know if you also feel this way. I have an irrational hate <laughs> for Raptors games that are in Boston, even after the like home opener in Boston this year where they blew them out. I hate road games in Boston. I just feel like it's just never a good thing. Well, even when they win, I don't yeah, know. I, I just, think we discussed it when they actually beat Boston. Maybe we um, did. The no, but like. There have been several annoying losses over the years, many of which like came down to offensive execution in the final few minutes. Uh, and it just see, especially before the championship, there was a lot of like same old Raptors uh, yeah. <laughs> narrative. And I feel um, like players have gotten injured there. Like I just feel like it's been bad, weird. Jorge Garbajosa for one. Yeah, you all. Maybe that. Maybe my heart is just permanently permanently imprinted and scarred i don't know and that's not to say anything negative about boston or, or the or the celtics as a whole i just really no, whenever i see that trash. the rap <laughs> whenever i see that the raptors have a road game there i like i feel it i feel the negativity and you know what i don't like feeling negativity about basketball so yeah well uh i, I totally get what you're saying uh it's another passionate crowd uh, and I know I said that like I meant it in a certain way. Uh, it's a really good home crowd. It's one of the best home crowd advantages, home court advantages in the league. And a gorgeous uh, court. Oh, oh, I love well, their yeah. court. Um, but yeah, I feel you. I like. I I've tried to remove to remove a lot of that. Not that I want to remove all my emotion from from the Raptors and basketball in general, but you know, in order to chronicle these games <laughs> uh I, I try to do that a little bit but i definitely get the the vibe you're you're indicating and, and, and it, i think it makes sense to me with the raptors in boston even though like the raptors played pretty well in boston for a for a long yeah, while there that's what i mean like it's not even it's not even a win-loss thing to me i don't know i just I think of like all the other stops um, around the league, and I'm not sure there's another road game where I'm like, oh, again. It also just feels like they play Boston eight times a year, and it feels like the games are all in Boston, which doesn't make sense, but yeah. Um, quickly, because this is what I wrote <laughs> about last night, uh, Norm Gary, two. Uh, um, yeah. uh, the, la the first time was like a few days after the trade. It was weird as hell, and it happened in Tampa. Uh, so it basically didn't happen. Uh, this one, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say either had a great game. Uh, Gary Trent had 18 points. Norm had 12. He missed a few corner threes that he normally, mm -hmm. pun, pun not intended, once again um, hits. Uh, as I mentioned, OG took him to the woodshed with that old Dirk move. Pascal got him on the spin, and Norm got the win. Pun in, or rhyming wow. intended. Wow, that, that was um, bad. That was uh, really bad. <laughs> but you know, I, I know we had a lot. Uh, a few of us, myself, Michael Grange, and Doug Smith, had a lovely chat with Norm oh, before the I'm game. So jealous. Uh, he seems pretty, pretty good. Um, Very you know, jealous. Not under, not, 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 um, complacent because you must understand the grime, grind and the grime, I suppose. Uh, but you know, <laughs> you sign a $90 million contract, uh, you can feel good and stable and ready to yeah, focus on the things that wonderful. matter. 
Uh, but what was it like watching, um, I guess, both of those guys, not that they were necessarily in a one-on-one matchup, but uh, yeah. uh, removed from that trade, how do you feel about it uh, all these months later? Yeah, uh, obviously I love Norm and Shocker, Shocker. I love Norm Powell. <laughs> I don't think I needed to say that. But well, yeah, you're, he, you're within, you have good company within Raptors, you know. Yeah, who doesn't people. love Norm? Um, it's great to see him, of course, like to see him on my TV, not to see him. I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, I think the thing with Gary is, I feel like every game there are stretches and plays both offensively and defensively where I'm just really excited and surprised by what he's able to do. You know, I know sometimes some people have like gripes with some of his shots, shots and shot selection. Sometimes, you know, maybe he takes a few too many heat checks, but man, does he come up big sometimes. And when he does, it's really exciting. And I also think when someone plays as hard as he does on both ends of the floor, it, it doesn't bother me as much if, you know, he maybe takes a shot he shouldn't or, or you know, misses a shot that maybe wasn't the best idea. But, yeah, I um, he had a couple plays last night, couple, a couple offensive plays where I was just really impressed with him. And he's exciting to me. It's exciting to me to think of how young Gary still is. And how much he, I mean, to me, I feel like he has improved. Maybe to people who have watched him in Portland all last season, they knew that he could do this. But, like, defensively, I think he's been really good. And, um, yeah, the game that they lost against, uh, was it the Cavs? Where yeah. he had, like, two steals in the final few minutes of that game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Like, he's gotten quote-unquote, burned on those types of defensive... I mean, he made a great one to, mm-hmm. to secure the Orlando win. But in the Cleveland game, and even last night, he he had a foul on Norm in which, like, it seemed like he was doing a good job and then sort of caught his elbow before mm-hmm. he could make a defensive play. And so... He, Having taken maybe the most to how the Raptors are trying <laughs> to play defensively, he has been on both sides of that high risk, high reward type of situation. But, you know, I think the why you talk about that improvement, uh, or I mean, I'll just speak for myself and you can agree or not agree. Last year, and as much as we want to throw out last year, it did happen. Like <laughs> the fit looked really bad after the trade. Yeah. And we can, we're not going to go over the reasons why we all know them by heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did, he did not look like he fit on either end. Right. And right now, certainly we, we just, you know, trashed, sorry, I trashed, you explained the defense for the first, uh, <laughs> for the first half of this podcast, but he certainly fits in with what they're trying to do on defense. And I think like the playmaking on offense is coming along like in mm-hmm. drips and drabs. And that's great. Uh, like, I, like I really do see it, like whether it's without Van Vliet at times, uh, you know, as the ball handler in a pick and roll, like he's just the, and, and I think coming from Portland, that was the real question about his game was, could he be more than the spot up shooter he was with Damian Lillard right. and CJ McCollum? So that development, I think, from the long term Gary Trent arc is maybe the most important thing or, or the thing that we're least sure of. So I think that 
even more than the defense is something to keep an eye on. And and I've, even though the numbers aren't eye popping, I I've seen something from him over these last few games to say, all right, let's, let's keep that going and keep it trending in a positive direction. Also, he's Um, only 22. That blows my mind. He is. uh, And that's part of the reason I really wish they had a team option on that third year of the contract instead (laughs) of a player option. If there was one thing, and like the Raptors give out player options pretty willy-nilly, I really would have, don't love it. I don't love the player option sending a guy to, I mean, for him, good for him. Um, uh, Shocking, I love it because I love the player having. No, no, I, uh, yes, (laughs) philosophically, I love it and think players should have control. Somebody like, I think we were talking about the same thing and I forget who the we was in this case. Um, but I like sarcastically replied, you know how I feel about players. Uh, I, I'm always saying that players should have less control over their destiny. <laughs> and, that, and that somebody replied on Twitter and I read it for some stupid reason. Like, actually, oh, no. that's not that's not true. Oh, they should no. have control. I'm like, yes, that I, I tweeted. I said one thing, but meant the opposite. Uh, it's this, yeah. It's this yeah. hot trend that's coming about in the language game. <laughs> um, but, but you know what's even worse than that? Sorry, and I, I'm making a social media group yeah. gripe is lame and boring, and I shouldn't be wasting our time doing that. But I hate when I tweet something or, or say something, and then someone responds back to explain to me. But in their yeah. explanation, it's so obvious that they are wrong like they're just wrong (laughs) but they they don't know that and you like there's no point in going back and forth because you can tell from the tone you know but i just hate that because i'm like that's not no yeah no um anyway to to bring it back to gary trent and the contract my my point i guess is and this is true of all (laughs) player options but like given the competition, I question how necessary it was. Like if he underperforms the contract, then it's sort of a, it's a millstone. Mm -hmm. And I I think the general consensus was this, the contract he got three, about 54 or 52 over three. It was based a lot on the potential for growth. Like that's Mm -hmm. probably not what he was worth based on his past production. So if he outperforms it, in two years, he's an unrestricted free agent. If he doesn't, it becomes yeah. like a millstone. And again, that's the case with all player options. I just think because of the market and restricted free agency, I really wish they had fought for that uh, either team option or just made it a guaranteed three years. Don't hate that. Um, you want to talk about Demar quickly? We have to talk about Demar because he was home in L.A. playing the Clippers, playing the Lakers. The Bulls got two more wins, like huge wins, and DeMar was incredible. Uh, He had 38 against the Lakers. I'm blanking on the number against the Clippers, but just trust me that it was another great game. Uh, I'm so happy for him. He is the best. There's no one better than DeMar DeRozan, and I just am thrilled. I love him in Chicago. Him pairing with – okay, I have been a Zach Levine stan for years. I have told everybody more than they have wanted to listen that he was going to be a great player in this league and that I love him because he's wonderful. He's a wonderful person. He does so much charity and stuff behind the scenes that people don't even know about. I just think he's great. And for him to be paired with DeMar, it's it's my dream. It's my dream. And I love them being together. And Chicago's really good. <laughs> like They're playing so well. And I was just thrilled that he got to have yeah, that game I... at, at home. 
I'm happy for him. And uh, this isn't an original point, but pairing Levine and DeRozan, who are uh, tremendous offensive <laughs> players with, you know, issues on the other side of the ball. I, I think Levine has gotten better. Uh, DeMar also tries to defend. Um uh, that's mean. I love Demar, but he's not good on that end. Anyway, pairing them with a backcourt right now of Caruso and Lonzo Ball, it's who so like, good. really defend, it just makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, people question the complementary talent. And I think so far this year, we're seeing that in Chicago. Like it really is all playing in, like, like mm-hmm. their skills are really meshing together. It's cool to see uh, just one final story from this trip. Uh, the Raptors were practicing today, and a few shortly after that, the Bulls were coming to practice at the same place. Oh my at, goodness! At which point, I yelled, "Revenge practice!" Um, which one out of three people laughed at. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's so exciting. I mean, I didn't know it too. Um, anyway, did you, get, did you get to see Demar or no? No, I did not see him. Uh, oh. We got to wrap this up. Raptors off to Utah on Thursday. Back-to-back Sacramento Friday, league-leading Golden State Warriors uh, on Finals bound Golden State Warriors. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't even – none of my feelings have, like, coalesced into strong opinions about the rest of the season yet. Maybe that's because I'm too laser-focused on the Raptors because I'm a Raptors beat reporter, <laughs> uh, but they have been good to start. Yeah. Uh, what are you watching for, Holly? Oh, you didn't finish the rest of the trip. Well, it's because we're going to talk to the people before. Uh, oh, they oh, okay. Us. Sorry, I thought we were doing a prediction for the rest of the trip. Can we do that quickly? Because I was curious. Okay, so, sure. So Utah, uh, Sacramento, Golden State, then they're in Memphis, and then Indiana before they return home, right? Yeah, I'm going to say lost to Utah, win over Sacramento, lost to Golden State, win over Memphis, lost to Indiana, two and three. I think they will win in Indiana, but the rest, I think the same. Uh, Although the Raptors have had amazing games in Utah in recent years. It's usually been Kyle Lowry having the craziest fourth quarters. Just been incredible. I can't think of Miami. Miami won in Utah the other night. uh, And Jimmy Butler didn't play. And the first thing I did was go check for like Kyle's box score and it, it was just like fine it wasn't yeah, yeah, torture yeah. but i was like expect to go did did kyle have like 35 and 8 on you know with six made threes again <laughs> against the jazz but maybe um, maybe fred will fred will continue um his kyle impersonation in utah and maybe that'll surprise us also one more thing before we go shout out to kyle's mom marie who was at the raptors game in philadelphia uh, repping with her Raptors shirt. It was so awesome. They showed her on the broadcast. We love Marie. She is actually truly just the best. As and it was as, really cool that she was there. As far as we know, the Raptors are 1-0 this season when a uh, Lowry, Kyle Lowry family member is in the house. And, uh, you know, 6-8. and 1-6-8? Yeah. When they're not. So uh, <laughs> that is that is cool. It was cool. Uh She's a, you know, I can't say I know her, but she seems like a very nice lady who really cares about the Raptors. She is a very nice lady. She's the best. Yeah. Uh, All right, Holly. I got to go do more of my job now, Um, which might be waiting for a phone call that I hope comes 
This is I'm the part- excited to see who the phone call is going to be. Love yeah. the drama. Well, it's it's not really Raptors related, but uh, mm. I'll tell you once uh, we stop talking <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, Holly, thanks uh, for taking the time and chatting. Yeah, this week. thanks, and thanks to everyone for listening. This is so fun. All right, have a good week, guys. See ya.